This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Tiger alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Andrew Ivins, 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting. We spent yesterday recapping the NFL Draft. Great episode on there. Drew and I kind of go through the rankings process, what we've taken from the NFL Draft, maybe some trends, maybe some patterns that we've seen, how we're going to apply it to the 24-7 Sports rankings as we continue to move ahead there as well. And Drew, we're going to continue with the NFL draft theme this morning on our abbreviated show. I want to say that because every time we jump on a Wednesday show, we have a 35-minute goal. I think last time we ended up almost touching an hour. So we'll see. But Drew, before we get started, the Panthers, are are we up 1-0 right now? Yeah, man, I think they're good. (laughs) I think they are good. yeah, 1-0 over Toronto. No one's giving Florida a chance. There's people picking Toronto in four games. Can't do that when you lose the first one. So, uh, yeah, big night. Little big. little shade thrown there by Andrew Ivins if you're Toronto Maple Leafs. Did I get the team right, Toronto yes. Maple Leafs? Is that right? We're going to get you go. by the end of the playoff run. We'll get I think you. I could be a Preds guy here soon. P.K. Subban? See, I know things. He's in, the, he's in the studio now. He's a he's, he's a in the studio. Yeah. Is he still uh is he still dating Lindsey Vaughn? Is that is that a thing? <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> That's uh, I can right. I, I can self spot uh you know 500 recruits around the country, but I'm not on the uh the socialite gossip. I see Lance getting that microphone ready. I know he's he's getting ready to tap in here at some point. P PK Subban, for, for, former Devil, by the way, who are playing they're playing tonight again. No longer dating Lindsey Vaughn. There you go. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. We don't just do sports here. We do a little pop culture, a little hockey pop culture. All right, Drew, but let's let's get to it and let's talk about something that has zero relevancy, a 2024 mock draft. That being said, we got to give a little bit of credence to our guy, Alan True, the 24-7 sports, who covers the Midwest for us and does a fantastic job. He was tasked with the assignment of putting together a 2024 NFL mock draft. And he did so earlier this week. And the teams are ordered 1 through 32 by Vegas odds for Super Bowl contenders next year. So if you're a little bit offended, like Lance was with the New York Giants, where your team might end up in the pecking order, don't be. That's just what Vegas thinks of your team. So, Drew, what we're going to do here, we're going to break it down 1 through 5 based on how Allen had these guys uh, potentially mocked in the 24, well, 2024 I, NFL draft. Yeah, go I, ahead. I think you got to point out like this is, it's just like the same thing with our rankings for an initial cycle. I mean, 
there's going to be changes. Um, go back to the 2023 mock drafts from a year ago, right? So um, the way too early, and most of those were accurate, but there's some names on there that weren't even weren't even drafted, right? Uh, guys that fizzled out or are still in college, but uh, the uh, Blake Brockermeyer, his 2023 way too early first round mock draft, he had Stroud going one, Bryce Young number two. Will Anderson, number three, Jalen Carter, number four. Um, so, you know, there is some some credence to this, but you're really just throwing darts. So we got to get that out of the way and and uh, set the stage, I think. Throwing darts in the dart. Shout out to the Brock, man. How about that? What do you have, four out of the top ten picks there? Yeah, then you have Brian Brzees at five, Jackson Smith and Jigba at six, Tyler Van Dyke at seven. Obviously, he didn't. Um, come out with dealt with injuries. Josh Downs at eight. Josh Downs was selected, but I think he was day three. Paris Johnson at nine. He might have nailed that. Peter Skaronsky at 10. Ryan Hayes at 11. He was drafted, but not that early. Michael Mayer at 12. Keely Ringo at 13. Kayshawn Booty. He was a day three guy. So, I mean, there's a lot of names on here, but um, we were talking about it before we hit record. Andre Smith, the edge rusher out of army he was in some first round mock drafts and he went undrafted so um it's a process a lot of 24 7 sports flavor here in this initial mock draft from alan true as well keep that in mind all right drew but we're gonna go we're gonna break it down um five picks at a time so we'll start with the arizona cardinals at the top number one pick in the draft no surprise whatsoever caleb williams former five star former number eight player in the country out of Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. He goes off the board to the Arizona Cardinals at two. The Texans back in that two spot a year later, Nick Cicerio. Uh, Texans go Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State. I, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that Marvin Harrison Jr. has submitted himself as the top receiver prospect in all of college football. So C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., you have a potential rekindling there. At number three, Indianapolis Colts, Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle out of Penn State for the Indianapolis Colts, trying to get Anthony Richardson some help. Number four, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, that's what Vegas thinks of Tennessee. I mean, that that's crazy, right? I mean, this is a team that has contended the last couple of years. Mike Vrabel and the squad trying to get back on their feet. Dallas Turner, Andrew, and I know we're going to break this down. With every five picks, I got a direct. I, I got a, a pretty good sense of what direction you're going to go here with Dallas Turner. You're very familiar with them. Dallas Turner, the edge out of Alabama, and at number five, Tampa Bay, looking for the successor post Tom Brady. They go Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. So Drew, no lack of star power here or familiarity from the high school ranks to the collegiate ranks. One through five, not a shocker at the top, not a shocker at number two either. Initial thoughts here. Um, I feel like this collection of talents probably going to end up here um, a year from now. So I, I don't disagree with any of these picks. I, I'm just going to highlight one, Dallas Turner. This was when he was the class of 2021. And this was when I you know, started having more of a say in the rankings process. And Dallas Turner is the first guy I really stood on the table for at 24 seven sports and, and said, Hey, you, you, you guys got to shoot him up the board, got to shoot him up the board. Um, and there was a lot of pushback behind the scenes. Um, a lot of people did not agree with me. Um, so we'll see how this plays out, but Dallas Turner, I think he can finish as a consensus five-star 
kid out of St. Thomas Aquinas High School. We always talk about profiles on this podcast, a uh, basketball player, you know, bit of a tweener, um, but he was over 230 pounds. He could get after the quarterback, learned under Jason Taylor, who was a defensive coordinator at St. Thomas Aquinas at the time. Um, and I will never forget, I saw Dallas Turner playing safety on the seven-on-seven -seven circuit, running around, uh, again, at over – 230 pounds making plays. And I was like, all right, this guy is different than other individuals. So um, kid easy to root for, got to know him throughout the recruiting process. So love seeing his name there at the other board. The other thing I'll say, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State, man, like zone six. It's just first round pick after first round pick uh, when it comes to the wide receivers for Brian Hartline and Ryan Day. I want to dive into the Dallas Turner conversation a little bit because this is where I think we can do a lot better job of kind of educating our audience and what goes into making these decisions. And you mentioned 2021, you had a little bit more pull. Can you take us through the other side of the argument there? Obviously, this is a guy that you were familiar with. He was in your area. You had uh, additional live exposure to Dallas Turner. What was the pushback on Dallas Turner there? I think it was the the tweener measurables, right? And I've, I pulled up the scouting report I wrote about him, and it says looks more like a linebacker than he does a defensive end. And if you've watched Alabama football, I think you would still kind of agree with that assessment, right? Um, and and you know it was it, you know where does he kind of fit in? Um, I, there was some people at the time that had gotten f uh, feedback from the college side where some of these colleges weren't as as high on them and. Kind of my argument was, all right, that's fine. But these college coaches have not seen him, you know, moving around this offseason playing, again, safety, defensive back um, on the seven-on-seven seven circuit. So we, we talk about seven-on-seven seven all the time. And I, I think, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all, but you can certainly learn some stuff in shirts and shorts with certain guys at certain positions. So that was kind of uh, the, the, the feedback. Dallas had 15 sacks as a junior, you know, had even more there as a senior um, and, and really, um, you know, cemented himself as that prospect. He, he would have been in the All-American Bowl um, had it not been postponed due to COVID. Uh, but again, just just an awesome individual. Basketball background was like part of Team USA's developmental program. And I think at some point, you know, he realized, hey, I'm I'm 6'3", 6'4". I'm not I'm not 6'8", and started focusing on football. You go from Will Anderson to Dallas Turner to Keon Keeley to Yonze Pierre. I mean, you talk <laughs> about a, a pipeline there at Alabama at the edge spot. Uh, Drew, I, I think for me, these first five picks, I fully expect, and this is not a surprise at all, I fully expect Drake May to be in the conversation for number one. I, I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation because I think the physical traits of Drake May He's the type of guy that you can really talk yourself into, and he's got the production at North Carolina as well. He's one a time, really funny valuation. Go ahead. One-time Alabama commit. One-time Alabama commit. I think he's built he, He's built for the NFL. Big quarterback, can evade pressure, elastic arm, can make every throw on the field. He wouldn't be in this conversation unless he could do so. He's fun. I love Drake May. I love watching Dre May, Drake May. He's a wild type of talent. So I expect him to fully be in that conversation. Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't think you can say enough about him. Oli Fashanu, I got to be honest, need to do more homework on Oli Fashanu to be able to give you a little bit more context there as well. All right, Drew, 
Let's keep this thing moving along. Six through 10 Washington commanders off the board with Brock Bowers, tight end from University of Georgia, our friend Todd Hartley, friend of the show. Number seven, New England Patriots, Kool-Aid McKintry, Alabama. So Alabama, a couple of selections here in the top 10, according to Alan True. Los Angeles Rams, they get off the board. Joe Alt, offensive tackle, Notre Dame, one of the highest graded offensive linemen in the country. Number nine, Atlanta Falcons, Jared Verse. We're familiar with that name from Florida State. The Albany transfer, been wreaking havoc for Florida State and Mike Nordvell the last couple of seasons. Pittsburgh Steelers, interesting one here. Mason Smith, former five-star LSU. There's a lot of believers in Mason Smith towards ACL in the first game of the season last year in New Orleans against Florida State. Critical year for him and, and a critical year for LSU on the defensive line. They're going to need him to step up in a big way. Drew, your initial thoughts on 6 through 10. Todd Hartley, uh, you brought him up, had two tight ends drafted in this past draft. Darnell Washington and then Will Mallory went, uh, what was he, round four? Um, he churns them out. Uh, I'm going to go off-roading here a little bit, Cooper, but last night as I was falling asleep, fired up the, uh, the good old local sports book, was looking to... I was looking at hockey odds, if I'm going to be honest, but notice that they had dropped some some Heisman odds. Okay, here's my question to you: If you had a bet on one, uh, choose a Heisman right now and, and outright um, at Georgia, you had to, you had to make a ticket. Who would it be on? If I had to bet on one player at Georgia, yep, yeah, would it be like on Carson Beck or would it be on Brock Bowers? Is what you're asking? Yeah, or uh, uh, Brock Vandergriff's also on there. Yeah, absolutely not. I might as well be throwing my money away if I'm betting on Brock Vandegrift. I Brock Bowers would would be the one, but I would still be skeptical. I mean, you have to be okay. Yeah, right. Tight end winning the award probably not going to happen. But I would think Georgia's going. You've seen their schedule; they're going to be in the conversation, right? Brock Bowers is the biggest star on the team. He's got the same Heisman odds as guys like uh, our boy. Uh, Emory Jones, who's now at Cincinnati, the former Florida and uh, Arizona State quarterback. Same odds as Dante Moore, who we don't even know if he's going to start at uh, UCLA. I mean, he has monster odds. I'm just saying, as a, a, I mean, again, tight end winning the Heisman Award, not probably not going to happen. But if I had to pick a player at Georgia, not named Carson Beck, um, I would probably lean Brock Bowers right now. I don't see anyone else on here. I'm scrolling through a bunch of names, but thought Vegas still high on Emory Jones, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dude, there were some other ones on here. I was just like, what? Uh, Harold, he's got the same odds as Harold Perkins. I kind of actually like that one as well. Um, well, Harold Perkins, that one's different. I guess, yeah, I know. All right, we, that we one's can do, different. We, we can do Emory Jones episode. and Dante Moore, though. I mean, that's. <laughs> That's, 100 to 1, wild. 100 to 1 on all these guys I'm reading off. Uh, we, we can get into that at a, a later time. I just, I, I did a double take when I kind of saw that on there. Um, Frank Gore Jr., he's on there as well. Uh, stands out to me, Kool-Aid McKinstry. I, I told you I've read a few, a few different other 2024 mock drafts. I think Alabama's entire secondary has shown up in, in one of these. Terry and Arnold, the safety was in another one. Um, Malachi Moore as well. Um, and it's crazy because we think Caleb Downs, the, the five-star, is going to play as a freshman. Coop, I remember Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, I was sent to, for the network to cover the Alabama 
Mississippi All-Star game. It was freezing. I was in, I want to say, Montgomery, and Kool-Aid just kind of took over um, the show. I compared him. I, I wrote his scouting report, compared, compared him to Dre Kirkpatrick, um, did it at wide receiver, did it at DB. Um, yeah, those are, those are the ones that jump out to me. What about you? Jared Verse. You know, think about this. Jermaine Johnson went in the first round of the NFL draft last year to the New York Jets in the, in the, I want to say the, what was he, 25 to 32? I think he was in that range, maybe a little bit earlier. But this would be the second pass rusher in three years that Florida State would put in the NFL draft via the transfer portal. And to me, why that's important would be now you become a destination spot for a premium position in the portal. So, and Jermaine Johnson came via Georgia. You have Jarrett Verse via Albany, right? So I think it's important to say, all right, the disparity between these two, but the development as well. So you got to give Florida State a lot of credit there. Mason Smith, to me, I, I don't hate him at this spot coming off of ACL for someone at that position. I think it's difficult. We kind of saw... Brian Brisset deal with some injuries this past season and, and battle his way back. He was still picked in the later half of, of the first round by the New Orleans Saints. But Mason Smith, uh, he, he's a huge part of what LSU will potentially be on defense. And if LSU is going to have the year that a lot of people think they can have, Mason Smith is going to be a big part of that. So looking at the, the two defenders there, Kool-Aid McKentry as well, I think that's more of like, if there's a guy, I don't want to say like, um, you know, Eli Ricks was in this conversation last year, right? And there might have been a lot of different reasons for Eli Ricks not being drafted, ends up being an undrafted free agent signing with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But if there's oh, oh. one position, <laughs> do, you want me to like, do you want me to read the why Eli Ricks has fell? Multitude of reasons, but go ahead. Four, six, eight. Every number we have on him in the databases I looked up from high school, four, six, eight. I mean, we don't have to go down this road. Uh, I, I I didn't want to go there, but and he was also a guy that was hurt, hurt, right? And he bounced around from school to school to school, uh, not in, only Char in college. Character red flags as well. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. So, a combination of speed concerns and character issues are lethal in the NFL scouting process. All right, Drew, eleven through fifteen, Andrew Makuba. This one was a little bit of a surprise safety out of Clemson going to the Seattle Seahawks. We know how much Seattle likes big physical defensive backs. Pete Carroll got one this year and Devon Weatherspoon at number five from Illinois. At number 12, Green Bay Packers, Quinn Ewers, Texas, former five-star, former number one player. According to 24-7 Sports, Packers just locked in Jordan Love to a one-year extension. Pretty interesting deal there. At number 13, Carolina Panthers, Xavier Worthy, who's been lighting it up in Austin since his freshman year under Steve Sarkeesian. At 14, New York Giants, Lance Glenn, Troy Frank Franklin, wide receiver, Oregon, by way of the Bay, Bay Area. 15, New Orleans Saints, Michael Hall, junior defensive tackle, Ohio State. What's pretty interesting tidbit here, Xavier Worthy and Troy Franklin, not a lot of people know this, or maybe not a lot of people put this together. There was a lot of confidence at Oregon that those two were going to be playing football together in the same receiver room under Brian McClendon. 
for a long time. The person talking right now thought that was going to happen. And then the Xavier Worthy recruitment was just an absolute roller coaster. Michigan got involved. He signs his LOI there. Shortly thereafter, he asked for permission to get out of his letter of intent. Signs with Texas. Remember, after his freshman year, a lot of people thought he was going to bounce. He ends up sticking, which I think has been the best thing for his career, some continuity. And if he continues to do what he's been doing throughout his first two seasons at Austin, I don't think this is a reach at all. But, Drew, initial impressions of 11 through 11 through 15? Texas has guys go 12 and 13. More specifically, these guys, they're going to have a pretty good season, correct? Correct. You, you also know there's an interesting stat, and this is – Hashtag bad podcasting. Texas hadn't had an offensive player selected in the first round in years. Like it, it's a mind blowing stat. So let me let me what look. Was, that what was that? I had that one on Auburn. It was like a decade first rounder on, on offense. I remember um, that. Yeah. No. I. Well, they just had Bijan go. It was it was was he that the one true. that that pro- prompted the? I think, he, I think he broke the streak. Correct. Okay. Uh, while you look that up. Safety going number eleven. We didn't see any safeties go in the first round of this of this draft. Um, you touched on it, I think, in in the podcast, kind of breaking down the draft. I mean, you have to be a a a special special talent, a game changer. Really, it seems like these days to go that early um, when it comes to the safeties. Twenty fifteen, Andrew. That was Sorry last to interject, time. but but. Before Bijan Robinson, that was a stat that Texas had not had an offensive player drafted in the first round before 2015. How wild is that? I think that's going to change in a big way. I mean, we're talking about Quinn Ewers here, Xavier Worthy, Jatavian Sanders we're going to get to here in a second. I mean, so Texas potentially, we're a year out, I understand. And then the you know, year after you got Kelvin Banks, right? They got some, they got some guys in the chamber there. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Okay, 16 through 20. Love it. Love the pace. 16, Minnesota Vikings. Denzel Burke, Ohio State. Ohio State very involved in this mock draft. Same with Texas, Las Vegas Raiders at 17. Jatavian Sanders, former five-star out of Denton Ryan, two-way standout. Number 18, Denver Broncos. Kingsley Suamatea started his career where? University of Oregon. Hey, let me, let me give a shout-out, a little pat on the back here. Alan True, appreciate you. 2021 class, Troy Franklin, Kingsley Suamatea. I like that a lot. little Patagna flavor here. All right, number 19, Houston Texans, Bryce Foster. Can't wait to dive into this one. Center, Texas A&M. 20, Jacksonville Jaguars. Andrew, player you're familiar with. J.C. Latham, Alabama. Got to be refreshing for Alabama fans to hear they got an offensive lineman in the first round. That's I don't want to say it's been a while, but that's a, that's a unit that needs to get right for them. 
All right, Drew, initial, initial thoughts here. And I think there's a lot of different directions we can go 16 through 20. Well, you know where I'm going to go. That's JC Latham headed up to Duval. Shout out, shout out to the Jags. Might be my second unofficial NFL team. A lot of, a lot of Jags fans in my life, followed by Seattle Who's Seahawks. Who's your first? Seahawks. We'll dive who, into that later. Who, who play in Tennessee. So if you're living in Nashville, get your guest room ready. Come on, man. Don't be dropping cookie crumbs to the listeners out there. All right, go ahead. Okay, I'm looking at the, the story and the photo accompanying accompanying it uh, of J.C. Latham, and he looks like a monster. I don't know if you're looking at the same photo. I go back to this kid at IMG Academy, um, and he has gone through a physical transformation, which isn't surprising, but, man, dude, he looks completely different. Um Another guy we had as a, a five-star ranking, I think what's unique about him, grew up playing defense, initially billed himself as a defensive end, had a basketball background. Um, I think this will be a big year for him in terms of development, right? Him he got his feet wet. He's going to have to take a step forward for the Crimson Tide, but he is someone, when you talk about prototypical frame, Checked off all the boxes. Um, not not surprised to see him here. Where do you want to go? Because Jatavian Sanders, I think that that's another interesting one. High school quarterback, another Texas player, um, another tight end in the first round. Um, or Bryce Foster. He was kind of the eyebrow raiser for me in this in this mock. All right, to tie everything in together, what I like about this mock draft, it's the first mock draft where I feel like, all right, the last couple of drafts, you're starting to see some names that you're familiar with, with my own experience, right? In terms of recruited, identified, evaluated during my time at Washington, Oregon, Michigan, so on and so forth. And a lot of these guys we had grades on because we were a national recruiting program under Mario Cristobal at Oregon. And Denzel Burke was a guy out of Arizona that we had a good grade on, not an elite grade on, but a lot of teams on the West Coast made a priority. He was a two-way standout that a lot of people thought, including myself, he was going to be a receiver at the next level. Ohio State took him early, which surprised a lot of people because we thought that he was going to play on the offensive side of the ball. And we knew the standard that Ryan Day and Brian Hartline had at that position. We knew he was a good player. We knew he was going to be a contributor. I mean, he ended up starting from day one in Columbus at corner. It was a little bit of a surprise. So now you've seen Denzel Burke blossom at Ohio State. Correct me if I'm wrong. He played opposite of Keeley Ringo in high school. Is that right? That's, at Sawara. Correct. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was that was a fun tandem there. So Denzel Burke, two-way standout, three-phase player dynamic had the testing to go with it it just kind of shows the formula right that's kind of what you're looking for it had a lot of production there jatavian sanders to me was another guy that i thought was going to be a defensive prospect goes to texas ends up playing tight end it just goes to show what type of athletes these guys are even if they don't go in in the first round here jatavian sanders is an extremely rare talent you think about denton ryan the guys that they've had jatavian sanders uh drew sanders and Anthony Hill. I mean, all those guys kind of fit in the same category. Pretty interesting there. Uh, Kingsley Suamatea. Okay, and this is a guy that at Oregon, he was supposed to be, and I, I hate kind of putting him in this category, but he was going to be the prospect that Cristobal felt the best about 
post Penesul. Okay. And we felt that he could play early. Goes to Oregon. You really didn't have any type of concerns about him in terms of the culture fit. But he gets to Oregon, pulls the pin early, goes back to Utah, and transfers to BYU. And we started to see this with a couple of these guys either transferring back to the state of Utah, whether it be BYU or Utah, but a good fit for him. The elite traits out of Kingsley Sumate, so not surprised to see him in that conversation. Bryce Foster, another guy Oregon was all in on. Let me tell you why. His track and field portfolio, resume, whatever you'd like to call it, was second to none. Shot put in disc, an explosive lower half. Oregon, obviously, their experience in the track and field uh, world is second to none. So there was a lot of intrigue there. The Foster family had actually gotten up to Eugene a couple of times. So there there was uh, some real interest there. He ends up staying home, going to Texas A&M. And then J.C. Latham, Drew, you said it. I'm not sure I've seen a prettier prospect on the offensive line than J.C. Latham. I mean, even at IMG Academy from like you see the athlete, you see the knee bend, you see the hip flexibility, you see the reactionary quickness. You know, this is a guy I thought could play tackle, but his home was going to be at guard. 16 through 20 for me. I mean, I, I could talk about these guys all day. This is a fun group. Kingsley was kind of like the workout warrior, right? I remember the Twitter he videos. Was, he, 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 had the t- he had the tape to go with it. Right, right, right. But I just remember like he'd be in his front yard like boxing or in his garage there was a video of him jumping out of jumping out of a pool um landing on his feet yeah i that's what i that that's my kind of memory of him 21 through 30 uh 21 through 25 excuse me uh carolina panthers how about those odds man that's a lot of that's a lot of confidence in Bryce Young right there Javion Cohen transfer from Alabama to Miami for Mario Cristobal not a coincidence there. Baltimore Ravens at 22. They go offensive line as well. Donovan Jackson from Ohio State, former five-star, number one interior prospect. Miami Dolphins. Emeka Egbuka, receiver, Ohio State, zone six. Brian Hartline continuing to churn them out. L.A. Chargers at 24. Kalen Bullock, safety, USC. Pretty interesting one there. 25, Detroit Lions, Shamar Turner, defensive tackle, Texas A&M. Pretty interesting group here, Drew. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know where to, where to start or where to go. You um, want me to start? Yeah, you, yeah. Emeka Buka, obviously a guy very familiar with during my time at University of Washington. I think I don't want to say we were in the driver's seat, but we were definitely riding shotgun with Ohio State under Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson retires, rest is history. I, I think. Ohio State was going to end up landing that signature either way. Um, and I might be getting my timeline mixed up. They might have had that one sewed up uh, before Peterson retired. So I love it. Mecca Buka, you know, the biggest question mark I had about him coming out wasn't play speed, but it was time speed. We had a time speed at camp. I'm not going to put out on this show that kind of made you think, all right, is he going to be a receiver or a safety? You got to remember, he played at Steelacombe in Washington. He had elite defensive back tape as well. So Excellent ball skills, big physical receiver, built a little bit different. If you were going to compare him, they're different. They're very different, so let me preface it that way. But if you were going to compare him to one of the incoming receivers, it would be Brandon Ennis, you know, big physical uh, type of guy, built to play over the middle as well. Excellent ball skills. Another one of these guys, Kalen Bullock from USC, loved his tape coming out of Southern California. Ends up signing with USC. 
felt like we were in it at one time at Oregon. Long, fluid, reactionary athlete, excellent range, short area quickness, instincts. There's another question mark with him. I mean, he was kind of underdeveloped speed a little bit. So you kind of wonder with these guys, all right, once the testing comes out, what's that going to look like? And then Shamar Turner out at DeSoto, super versatile, uh, a guy that can play in multiple fronts, liked him a lot. And then Donovan Jackson, obviously, we, we talked about uh, one of the best interior prospects in the country. Donovan Jackson, that's the one I'll kind of circle right here. Uh, MVP for the offensive line at the 2019 opening finals. I think he was he would have been an underclassman then, right? That's when um, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, all those guys, Anthony Richardson. It was the same same event, same event. Um, I just he was an interior guy. Um, you know, could he play tackle? Had had the length measurements. Um, it, I, good short shuttle time on him, and I think as I've gone through this 2023. Um, NFL draft and and pulled a bunch of pulled a bunch of data. Man, he uh that's a big indicator. That short shuttle for the interior offensive lineman. I think he was a four six guy at over three hundred pounds there. That is big. You know, it's funny. I, I just got done wrapping up the twenty twenty four offensive line group in the top two four seven yesterday. Andrew, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this. I, I don't have one day one grade there. Yeah, on tackle or interior, but I tell you this: I think ninety percent of those guys are rounds two through four. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't think it's not. They're certainly not headliners, but I do think there's some depth, and we're finding more and more of them. A lot, a lot of depth, a lot of redeeming qualities, traits, and I think a lot of guys that need to be either built up or molded down. Right, pretty, pretty interesting group there. All right, Drew, let's finish this out. 26 through 32. I love this from Allen right here. Raheem Sanders, running back, Rocket Sanders, what they call him, Arkansas, Dallas Cowboys at 26. Allen even talks about the Jerry Jones connection there. I think that that makes a lot of sense. That was kind of the first thing that jumped into my mind. 27, the Jets, Jeremiah Trotter, linebacker from Clemson. 28, San Francisco, Blake Fisher, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. That would be... Two offensive linemen for Notre Dame and the Irish. I'll tell you what, they do a great job at that position. 29, Buffalo Bills. Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the pronunciation, JT Tuamalo Al. I think you nailed it right there. Defensive lineman, Ohio State. If there's anybody that should know it, it should be me. Um, <laughs> Didn't you like host him on a visit? <laughs> we did. It's not my strong suit. All right, number 30, Kansas City Chiefs, Jacob Cohen. Receiver, Arizona, transfer, I believe. From UTEP, yep. Transfer from UTEP. From UTEP. I was going to say that. Uh, 31 Philadelphia Eagles, Braylon Trice. A little bit more flavor there. Edge, University of Washington. Can dive into that one here in a second. 32, love this pick. Trevian Henderson, running back, Ohio State. What you got, Drew? I want to go to my guy, Rocket Sanders. Pride of Rockledge, Florida. He was a over machine during the college football season. Kept hammering his over totals single games. We knew Sam Pittman wanted to feed him the rock. Um, my Raheem Rocket Sanders story. Uh, saw him play his senior season up in uh, what they call the Space Coast of Florida. Went up 
they are to, I, I hit two games in, in one night, impressive feat um, to be able to do that. And me and Barton Simmons were communicating a lot about Rocket Sanders. We were fans, but the question was, where does he play? Now, he in, he in high school really wasn't a featured running back. He was kind of a wide receiver, and he played defense. We ended up grading him out as an athlete, made the top 247, number seven athlete uh, in his class. And I always thought, all right, probably somewhere in the front seven. And then he goes to Arkansas, settles in as this this big running back that can bang between the tackles, but has has the gear to hit the home run. And it's been awesome to see him. Um, but we bet on the athlete and hopefully that pays off in the NFL draft. But uh, three sport guy, basketball track. I think he ran in one track meet and ripped off in a 11-3. So really cool to see his name on this list, just having seen him on on Friday nights and, and being involved in those conversations behind the scenes as to where to number one rank him um, and, and then pushing for him to get there. I think we had him ranked higher than anyone else. Yeah, for me, I think JT Tuamaloao is a pretty interesting one. Uh, to see just how he develops. I mean, he had that game against Penn State. is one of the most absurd stat lines, individual stat lines I've ever seen for a defensive lineman. I have to go back and, and look at that. But if he can bottle some of that up, I mean, his ability to be a disruptive force and a consistent disruptive force, I think that's going to be the question for him. I can see him moving up in a big way. Uh, obviously, it was a guy that's well-documented throughout his high school career. And the guy that we battled for at Washington, you put him in the same case uh, as a Mecca Igbuka. And you talk about like Washington and, and Kalen DeBoer. You think about a, a Mecca Igbuka and JT to a Maloal. And a lot of things have transpired since then. Keely Ringo, originally from Washington as well. If those two out of three of those players ended up in that program, I mean, think about perceptionally how big of a, a shift that is if those guys go there and produce. Now you have Chris Peterson retiring. You have the failed experiment of Jimmy Lake. And now it seems like back on solid ground again for Kalen DeBoer. I guess point being is when you have those guys in your state, you got to keep them home. You just have to. And if you're Washington and you're pushing for national relevancy, that's the way you do it. All right, because those guys are few and far between. Now Washington is on the board here. And this was a guy that we had in the, let's say, the 2019 recruiting class. I'm going to have to go back. Braylon Trice from Arizona. Pete Kwiatkowski, now the defensive coordinator at the University of Texas, was really high on this guy. And I got to admit, I mean, this is a guy I kind of went back and forth on. We had as a purple plus player. So a purple plus player is a, a winnable plus player. Is a guy that we feel had developmental upside. Um, but admittedly, not a guy that, I would say anybody in that building thinks had first round potential. And that's a part of the evaluation process that is interesting. You know, I think Denzel Burke would fit in that conversation as well. Sometimes you get them in their building, they take coaching really well, they develop physically really well, and then they surprise you. They got more in their body uh, than you really anticipated. And Braylon Trice was a quick twitch, heavy handed, explosive player that I think fit a role and I think has expanded upon that since his time at Washington. So you got to give those guys a lot of credit. And then, I, Drew, I love Travion Henderson. I'm not sure he'll go in the first round, but I love him. And the other thing I think about Travion Henderson, I don't think he's got a ton of mileage on him. 
No. He was kind of banged up last year, which I which I think is kind of a blessing in disguise for a couple of those guys. But Drew, final thoughts on this. We talked about Florida State with the pass rushers and two and three years being transfers. Notre Dame with two potential first round draft picks here at the offensive line. I think the other one here is this was a draft dominated by Ohio State. Uh, what we've seen, and I, I'll, none of this is far off. Like, yeah, maybe you can talk about Travion Henderson, JT Tuomaloa. We're talking about the former number one player in the country. Emeka Igbuka was a five star. Donovan Jackson was a five star. Marvin Harrison Jr., as we talked about earlier, has cemented himself as the best receiver in all of college football. Denzel Burke certainly putting together the resume. Michael Hall was highly rated player as well. So a lot of Ohio State flavor, a lot of Texas flavor. Those are kind of my takeaways. And Drew, the other thing here is I got to go back and check. I don't think there was a guy in the top 32, which this is where I know it's not going to hold up. I don't, I don't think there was a guy in the top 32 that was not rated a four or five star outside of Olu Fashanu, who was a three star uh, out of Gonzaga in, in Washington, D.C., yeah, I, I did notice that. And um, that's why I was going to bring up a few other names that I've seen kind of at the tail end of, of mock drafts or, you know, there's some top 50 lists out there. Um, guys that I'm familiar with that uh, Terzon Newton at Illinois, he was a three-star defensive lineman, saw him play Clearwater Central Catholic. He's kind of been the, the man in the middle. Remember, uh, Illinois had a really good defense last year, interior pass rusher. Um, I've seen him mocked a few times in there. Never imagined he would be, you know, in that first round conversation, but he's he's been super productive. Uh, another one, Aranda Gadsden, the second wide receiver. He's at American Heritage. Um, he's been dominating, big frame guy at Syracuse. Seen him linked in there as well. Uh, and, and then Coop, there's a, there's a few quarterbacks that I've seen uh, in, in some first rounds. I, I just want to get your thoughts on them real quick before we. Uh, Jump out of here. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback at Michigan. I've seen him in a few. Michael Penix over there at Washington led the NCAA in, in passing yards last year. And then the final one, Bo Nix at Oregon. All right. Who's the first one again? J.J. McCarthy. I was going to say, none of those guys fired you up? No. Not as in, not as NFL prospect. You know, McCarthy's talented. Be interesting, I, you know, because I think he fits what Michigan wants to do. Yeah, McCarthy's tough for me to project in, in, as a day one. Bo Nix has just been, gosh, I feel like he's been in college about 10 years now. I know. And he had, a, he had an excellent year under Kenny Dillingham. You wonder, all right, can they do it consecutive years with a new coordinator? I'll give Bo Nix a ton of credit. He is, continuity has been evasive for him throughout his collegiate career. Under Gus Malzahn, Brian Harson, you think about Kenny Dillingham, and then now he's got Will Stein at Oregon. So he, he certainly has a supporting cast. I think that would be the one guy that, from an intangible standpoint, I think he's elite. I think evaluators will really like that about him. How his game translates to Sundays, interesting. Who, who was the, the – gosh, I got a terrible memory. All right, Penix. McCarthy and Penix. I can see Penix. You know what's funny? Like Hinton Hooker 
Got a lot of first round buzz. He's 25 years old. He's coming off of ACL, kind of muddies the evaluation. You wonder if he was healthy, would he have gone in? I think he went in the fourth, right, to Detroit. I can see Penix day two, honestly. Yeah. You know, and um, well, playing I, in that offense, I mean, one of the most explosive offenses, and I guess that's that's kind of the comp there, right? I mean, they're playing Ryan Grubb, offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoer, Tennessee and Washington, both top five last year in total offense. Well, I have Those seen difficulty evaluations. Sorry, go ahead. I, I have seen the take out there, and I think this applies to Bo Nix, right? Saw 14 quarterbacks go in the 2023 NFL draft. A lot of teams searching for the next Brock Purdy. I saw that take out there, and I, I think it makes some sense. One other guy I want to throw in here that I've seen, Jason Marshall, corner at Florida. Mentioned really like what Florida, some of the pieces they have on defense. He was another five-star for us. Um, you know, I could see him sneaking in there. That's such a – you know, teams – you should be looking for the next Kyle Shanahan, not the next Brock Purdy. <laughs> I'm just saying what I read. No, man. I know. I'm just talking out loud. Like, it, like Kyle Shanahan to me is like, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Elite offensive mind. And it says more about Kyle Shanahan than it does to Brock Purdy. I mean, he, he is a perfect fit. Give John Lynch and their front office a lot of credit. I mean, he was mystery relevant, was he not? Yeah, Purdy, yes. So taking a flyer on a guy that they feel like fit them, and we heard a lot of evaluations of, you know, the 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 potential downside of Brock Purdy in the NFL and NFL circles, and here's a guy that they say, okay, this guy can at least run our system efficiently, and then you look at what San Francisco has at the skill positions: Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. He's in a good spot, and he's got a coach that knows how to play to his quarterback strength. So I'm not taking anything away from Brock Purdy. But you look at the circumstances. I, I get it, but he's not – I don't think that guy's just out there, right? I hate it when people are like, oh, we got to find that next guy. Yeah. When's the last time you've seen him? These are people at the NFL doing it at the highest level. I hate when that stuff comes out. Did, did you hear the other story about how executives in the NFL, they were getting upset that Howie Roseman was getting so much credit from the media? Did you hear that report? Oh, my dad is an Eagles fan. He has sent me probably like 10 Howie, Howie stories. I did not see. I did not see that, though. I mean, I get it. But why is that anything being leaked to any media member? You know, like, why are you why are you venting to Adam Schefter? All right. Last thing before we go, Drew. Our team put out a um, our reverse comps graphics yesterday. Auburn fans did not like the Walker White to Will Levis comp. Really? And I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't you like that? What did he just go? 33? Second pick of the second round? Yeah, I actually found a. Uh... Some old Will Levis Nike camp numbers. 6'4", 222, 4'8", 40, 4'1", shuttle, 35-inch vert. I think that's pretty similar to what Walker White is. Well, that was the whole point. Physically, the traits, 
people are like, oh, you know, don't compare him. Well, you know, Walker White, who I'm a huge fan of, I don't think he's had a season where he's completed over 55% of his passes. Accurate. All right, so don't come at me with that stuff. Do your homework. Goodness gracious. We appreciate you guys anyway. If you're a fan of the show, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, 24-7 sports football recruiting pod. Drew, I'm glad I learned the lesson from you early in our tenure together about not promising guest to our audience. So once again, I have a little um I have a little list of guests that were supposed to come on the show that have not made it on the show that for me I take personal. And it's going to be like, hey, it's going to be 3 months. We got to ban him for 3 months until we can invite him back on. That's not entirely true. But <laughs> All right, Drew, I got my thoughts out. I had to vent a little bit. What you got before we get out of here? That's it, man. Rocket Sanders. Rocket Sanders Heisman odds plus 9,200. Hey, we got our 2024 rankings. Just a little tweak. little tweak coming out in a couple weeks. Anything you want to put on our our fans' radar here? I got nothing. Anything they should be looking for? Nothing. All right. Nothing, nothing at all. All right. There we're you got pour, it. We're pouring through the data, man. We're, 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 we're grinding the tape. I'm grinding the tape. You know why? That's wedding week for me, man. I got to get it done. Yeah, you're, I got to get it done. We're, we're T close. minus what? T minus, holy smokes, 24 days. I need to lose some weight. Goodness gracious. Straight all right, guys. For the yeah, for Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins, Producer, Lance Glenn, National Recruiting Analyst, Cooper Zagman, we will see you tomorrow.